0: Hi Victoria. Hey girl. How are you? I'm great. I'm so honored to be on your podcast. I'm so excited. Oh my god stop.
1: Stop. The honor is all mine. I literally like when I was thinking about who I wanted to have on um, the podcast you were like on the short list. Thanks girl. 100%. So I'm excited. This is gonna be an amazing conversation. Um, I think a great place to start is just kind of like with you and sort of where you are, where you started and how you sort of came to this journey yourself.
0: Totally. So, my journey really started a few years ago. I had I talk about on social media, I had been in abusive relationships my whole life. And I know I saw on your social media you were talking about like your dad being this like great example and like wonderful and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's so amazing." And and for me, I didn't have that. And so my dad, you know, I had my dad was really had a lot of issues and was in and out of jail and my i had a lot of abusive relationships for a continuous time just continually on 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 just i never really took a break and then i hit a point where i just was so low that i was like i'm done like i hit my rock bottom and i was like i need to radically go back for myself. I need to radically build myself up. I need to quit all this other stuff I'm doing. I read a book called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay and it like changed my entire life because I had been coming to dating in a completely unconscious way and also thinking that I was a victim of circumstances. So I can relate to women who think, you know, abuse just happens to you you can't control it you can't you know ch- you can't filter or vet a man out of abusing you i can understand that mindset because i once believed that and once i stepped out of that and took full radical accountability for my life and started really doing this deep inner work i saw how false that notion that belief was and and that really started where i did this as we were talking about i did this 2 years of celibacy And in those two years, I was really committing to myself. It wasn't just celibacy as in I wasn't talking or I wasn't having sex with anyone. I was not talking to any men. I was doing therapy two times a week. I moved to a different country. I didn't engage with anybody. Like I was alone, building myself up, becoming a sovereign woman, becoming built up on my own, fulfilling my own cup, coming into my own empowerment and really becoming this embodied empowered woman and then from that space then I got into the beautiful relationship I'm in now so that was kind of where my journey began
1: the intentional singleness that you had which is what I call it because I did yes. that for five years mm-hmm. and it's hard for people to believe like I'm like I didn't even give my number out at all totally and it didn't yep. matter who it was yeah it didn't like none of that mattered it was just something that I was super intelligent like intentional about mm-hmm. um but I think like it just so happened for you that at the end of this journey, you have this like amazing relationship. Right. Yes. But what I hear from women all the time is like, well, I've been doing this for so long
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that relationship hasn't happened. Right. Yeah. And I think something to think about is like the bearing on femininity and this outcome based mindset and this outcome based like way of behaving Totally. Like sort of what was that like for you in the middle of it? Because at the end of the two years, it's like a different story, right? Totally. But like in the middle of it, like what was that like for you?
0: Yeah. I think that exactly what you're saying. I think a lot of times women want – something. They're still Mm -hmm. coming from their abandonment wounds. They're still Mm -hmm. coming from this desire for a man to save them. They're still coming from this wounded space and they're like, I'm going to do A to get to B, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to get do A to get to B, but the B should be your own self-empowerment. You feeling so fulfilled on your own, that's the end goal, right? And so for me in that middle, kind of like you said, I wasn't concerned about getting a man, right? Mm -hmm. I was – I'm not engaging with anyone. I'm not giving out my number, nothing. And I am totally fine being this way for the next multiple years. So mm. I think that for women who have done it, for, been in this singleness for a long time, I would say I, I have heard from women saying, you know, oh, I've been unintentionally celibate for four years or I've been intentionally celibate for four years and nothing's happened, right? Right. And I think that a lot of times people really aren't filling up their cup in that time. Mm -hmm. They're not really doing this deep inner work. And then because of that, they're just saying, I'm doing this. Why am I not getting this, right? Mm -hmm. But the doing, the celibacy, the singleness, the intentional singleness, as you called it, is a means to an end in itself. Do you you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that aspect is really important. And then On top of that, within this container of celibacy and intentional singleness, becoming, for me, more feminine looked like me taking the time to heal my wounds. And something that I really, really am a proponent of is for women to see – am I not drawn to femininity because I'm just not, because I'm not a feminine dominant person? Or am I not drawn to femininity because I'm coming from these core wounds and I feel unsafe in the world? Or I have been living in the patriarchy and because of that, I've put up all these walls. I feel that femininity is weak. I'm scared to claim my heart's desires, right? And so I think that that's a question that each woman needs to explore is, am I just not feminine, or am I just blocked off from my feminine because of these triggers or these traumas? And so for me... Within my celibacy period, I began exploring that and creating this safe container for myself that I had never had before. And within this safe container that I created for myself, I could start rediscovering what femininity meant for me. And then from that space, I started realizing, wait, femininity is safe, which I never had Mm -hmm. thought previously. Um, And once I'm safe for myself, femininity is safe for me. And then from that space, once I trust myself, which I created, then I can trust myself to be feminine with a man, right? And so it all comes back to kind of this self-trust that you create. I think just to piggyback off what you said, like for a lot of people who have this like
1: knee-jerk reaction that's negative to femininity. Yeah. What do you think some of the biggest, like if you could simplify it, what do you think some of the biggest misconceptions are about femininity or this journey?
0: Yeah, I think that probably the biggest misconception around femininity is that people believe femininity is what the patriarchy told them femininity mm. is, and it's not. Mm. And so mm-hmm. the same way that masculinity is not what the patriarchy is, is saying it is is the same mm. thing with femininity, right? We have this toxic masculinity. That's what, and we know that that's not real masculinity. Now it's the mm. same thing with femininity, right? The patriarchy created these two things that both don't resonate, and we don't like them both, right? Like it's like, ah, no, that that doesn't feel right to my body. But the mm. difference is that for women. We've just, instead of for men saying, oh, you know, that's toxic masculinity, but masculinity in a healthy way is good, right? But for women, we say, oh, no, femininity in its total, in its entirety is not good, but it's because we're believing this lie about what it is. And so I would say that even the lie is kind of around this um, subservient woman, right? This woman Mm. who doesn't speak her truth, this woman who puts herself last, who is really people pleasing and all of that is actually the opposite of femininity, right? Like people pleasing and not speaking your truth and putting yourself last. All of these things are not what femininity is. They're what we Mm. have been trained and conditioned to think femininity is. So it makes sense that people reject it, but that's not what femininity is. And so the real reclamation, the real empowerment is going back to the truth of what that actually is because it was distorted, it was actually mm. taken from us and it's an injustice mm. that it was taken from us it was n- completely misconstrued it was forced on us in this harmful way and so when we can say wait no that's not what it is this is what it is and i'm reclaiming that and i'm taking that back for myself because that's what's mm. most natural to me and so what would you
1: kind of say it is right like how would you describe it in a in really simple terms Um, And then what would you say to someone who, you know, might have this preconception that like, oh, I'm a lawyer, I'm like a doctor, I'm in finance, like I'm in this super male dominated industry, and I just can't see that working at
0: work. Totally. So the first question that you asked, which was. What is it? Kind of in simple terms. It's so hard to describe what femininity is, but something that I try to push it down to is in a healthy, embodied, and mature way, expressing and feeling. To me, that is a really good way of kind of just kind of putting it in simple terms, right? So most women, they're not, they don't feel safe to feel. They block themselves off from emotions. They suppress their true desires and their true wants. They're completely disconnected from their sexuality. They either go into hypersexuality or they go into this disconnection completely. There's no feeling at all. There's no, you know, they're being hurt by men. They're putting on masks. They're thinking, you know, I'm going to be the chill girl, which is, again, just not really feeling and expressing. Right. So that's the the. The distortion and the reversal of femininity, all of that, right? So, femininity is being able in a mature and healthy way to express and to feel fully and to really be connected. Now, there's other aspects of the feminine where there's the dark feminine, there's the light feminine, there's different archetypes of the feminine, there's the maiden, there's the mother, there's the crone, the wise woman, there's all these different aspects, and we can get into that as well, that have their own understandings right their own kind of ways of being and so as a woman when we're coming into this embodied femininity in a very deep sense what we want is to be able to dance between these different archetypes and the different light and the dark now what tiktok is saying dark femininity is is not what dark femininity is
1: talk about
0: it talk about it oh
1: talk about
0: it yes so tiktok is hard it's hard (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) is <laughs> yeah. you know, hard, you know? So I was just posting about this on my, on my Instagram. So what I was talking about was that there is a misconception that femininity, that dark femininity is actually the wounded femininity. So anything that is people pleasing, not even people pleasing, anything that's manipulative in any way, shape or form is wounded femininity, it is not dark femininity, right? And so we see these Yeah, we see on TikTok girls saying, you know, access your dark feminine to kind of get this guy to do this and manipulate him into this. Now, no, you've just stepped out of femininity completely, Mm, mm. right? So if you're trying to manipulate someone, if you're trying to get a man to do, you know, something by manipulating him or you're trying to use your sexuality to control a man, now you are completely out of femininity. It's just it's just not what it is. So the dark feminine is really sensual embodied in her eroticism. The dark feminine is in tune with her own death and life cycles. The dark feminine is wildly expressed, right? She's able to speak her truth. She's able to make all of these noises. She's in tune with her primal nature, right? There's this big aspect, this big real attention on the, the womb and kind of your cyclical nature, if you have a womb, if you're a woman, right? Um, so there's this focus on that aspect as well. The dark feminine is, you can think of, I gave this example, I think the other day in one of my videos was, you can just think of a woman who is, you know, menstruating and really into her, Uh, in her essence and really feeling comfortable in her body. And she's wildly expressed and, you know, not uncomfortable with any aspect of herself, or she's very, very expressed with her lover, not in a controlling way, not in a people pleasing way, not in a performance way. None Mm. of that, right? She's Mm. deeply in her body. She's vocal from her own authenticity. Now being vocal, trying to copy what a porn star does or perform is not, this right yes. so it's really deeply being in your authenticity as a woman it's this more wild um side and i i remember i said this wild and chaotic side and someone was like, oh, I've had that before. And I'm like, no, it's it's not when you're doing drugs and having sex with everyone, right? right? That's not. <laughs> right.
1: Right. Right. It's right. more of
0: this right. beautiful embodied kind of chaos of these are my different emotions, but I'm grounded and I'm heart led. Yeah. So yeah. that would be my description of divine, fem- or sorry, dark femininity. But it's definitely not manipulating men or using your sexuality to gain something. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And I think it's like, a couple key things that you touched on is that manipulation aspect. Yes. Dominates sort of the conversation on sites like TikTok. Yeah. Because that's what's going to pull eyes, right? And there's yep. something disingenuous about sort of the kind of content that people make yep. because they know it's going to get pushed, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to femininity, which I think a lot of people have misconstrued as weakness, Mm -hmm. and that is surrender. And Mm -hmm. I think that's such a key component of... Any healthy feminine life cycle and journey yes. that people are so uncomfortable with yes. because they, you know, there's this need to control, right? Especially yes. if you're coming from a background of fear, there's this need to control the outcome. But people need to understand that surrender is one of the best ways to kind of safeguard, you know, against crossing the line between attachment to the outcome, mm-hmm. and then when you're just in this like very manipulative space. Mm-hmm um so can you kind of talk about like surrender even in the lens through the lens of like your journey what that meant going through a journey did you have a set amount of time I know when I was on my like five-year man fast (laughs) at the beginning I wasn't thinking this is going to be five years Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and I think that was what was like what allowed me to be incredibly present and surrender to the process is that I, I, it wasn't like I was like, okay, I'm going to do this for a set amount of time. I was totally. like, I am going to do this until it's time to not do it anymore.
0: Yeah, me too. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: And for me, I came to that from a place of faith with a Christian background. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's powerful to have this conversation with someone who that wasn't a religious journey mm-hmm. because a lot of women are coming to celibacy not from a religious place. Totally. And I don't think that it has to be informed by a faith background in order to pay the dividends. I think the dividends can be constant across, you know, a wide range of belief systems.
0: Mm -hmm, Totally. I completely agree. To touch on surrender, I think that surrender, like you said, is triggering for a lot of women Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. we have swung to another side of the pendulum, right? We were completely unable to have any, control over our own lives, right? Prior to even a couple, a couple years ago, right? And so now as women, we're like, now I want to control everything. And Mm. anything that makes me feel out of control is I'm angry at, I'm triggered by, right? And so even just kind of to pivot a little bit in my relationship, I've been brought to so many more levels of surrender, because once you get into a relationship with someone else, you start realizing all of the ways that you kind of try to control and you're trying to overstep. And so it's a continuous journey of surrendering when you feel that you trust what you're surrendering to. And so I think that that's another aspect where self-trust is so important because even with God, right? So I trust God. So therefore my surrender is placed in a, in a good, in a good place, right? I Mm -hmm. trust God enough to surrender, right? Now Mm -hmm. I trust my boyfriend enough to surrender. Now that doesn't mean that I never, that surrender doesn't mean that I'm never speaking my mind or this patriarchal idea of submission, which is different, right? And so this mm. surrender is is different. And so I think it's triggering because when we say, oh, I'm surrendering in this really beautiful space, for women, it goes back to, you know, oh my God, I'm being controlled and, and I have to submit and I'm being abused. And that's just not what it is when it's in this really beautiful, mature space. And mm. so- I think, again, when you build this self-trust with yourself by, for me, it was really deeply re-regulating my nervous system, you can start realizing I trust myself to place Mm. my surrender where it is going to be treated kindly and I'm going Mm. to be, you know, not rewarded, but I'm going to be protected in my surrender, right? And so Mm. I think that surrendering as well to yourself – And into your own emotions and into your own body, I think is another really big aspect of the feminine journey that I went on because part of my journey was really, really healing my sexuality. And Mm. when I was healing my sexuality, I realized all of the ways I had been controlling and blocking off my true emotions, my true feelings, even in my own body. And so surrendering and being able to receive within The context of just my own self and being able to surrender to my true, authentic feelings, even when they felt scary and my true, authentic self, even when it felt scary or overwhelming. I think that that's important, right? So surrender in so many different aspects is such a beautiful part of the feminine. And Mm. I think a really misunderstood aspect of the feminine. What do you think about surrender?
1: Yeah, I think like I think it's definitely one of the most, you know, the branding on it is not the best as far yeah. as what people, <laughs> you know, think about it, but I think the power in surrender is one a level of peace, right? Yep. A level of peace that allows you to make decisions from a confident place, from a place of mm. conviction mm. and discernment, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is the most empowered place to make decisions from because With conviction and discernment, you're not only taking in what you see, you're also taking in elements that are not seen at the time, Mm. right? So you're making decisions that are more in alignment even with your future self Mm. than where you are right now. I think that's one of the most important, you know, empowering things about surrender. How I always describe it is that it's almost like a muscle. It's like, you know, it's, it's like, it's something that you you develop over time it people think of it as this passive thing but surrender Mm -hmm. is like an active conscious decision Mm -hmm. that you have to make over and over and over and over again and i think you know and i think you know you brought up your boyfriend which is perfect because i think what people need to understand is that the, the extent to which you surrender to your feminine journey right mm-hmm. or you surrender to this period of intentional singleness let's say you're you're like you know I, I i don't see myself on a feminine journey but i'm open to the um intentional singleness and celibacy the extent to which you surrender to that
0: mm-hmm.
1: will will influence and almost dictate like the quality of experiences that you have coming out of it yeah because it's not a finish line thing where it's like all right, I did my femininity training. I'm good. I'm yes. like, you know, I'm a defined feminine. Okay, I get into this relationship, right? Yes. I think what you find in and this is something I haven't even gotten here with the content because I just I don't think I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. I, think a foundation that, I think there's a foundation that needs to be, you know, like as long mm-hmm. as I still get caught com- getting comments about like, well, he's still gonna cheat, he's still gonna cheat. Yeah. I think we're not ready mm-hmm. to have that conversation. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. Um let's have but it. Right, right. Exactly. So I
1: think like, you know, you get into this relationship with someone. And one of the things that people, you know, fail to understand about the best relationships, right? Like Mm -hmm. not even like average relationships, the best relationships will force you to confront the parts of yourself Mm -hmm. that you were able to deny, Mm -hmm. even in other relationships, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. will force you to confront these parts of yourself Mm -hmm. when you're with someone who loves you enough to say babe like Mm -hmm.
0: this thing
1: that you do is not okay right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then it's like what it has what it goes back to is do I trust myself do I trust the discernment and the conviction that I have for me it's do I trust God Mm
0: -hmm. enough to say Mm -hmm. that
1: like I've been put here in this relationship with this person, right? And part of what every relationship in your life, especially like the most intimate relationship you'll have, which is the one you'll have with your partner, Mm -hmm. is meant to teach you and develop you and make you better.
0: Totally. Right?
1: Do I trust God? Do I trust myself? Do I trust the process enough to know that if this person is in my life, one, I've made the right decision being Mm -hmm. here. Two, the fact that I've made the right decision means that this is someone that I should learn from. Yeah. Just as much as he's, like, learning from me, right?
0: Totally. Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that's something that's, like, uncovered. It's, like, wait. Yeah. Like, yeah. What yeah. do you mean? Like,
0: yes. Learn
1: from – you know, like, what do you – wait, 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 wait. I, wait.
0: Yes. Yes. Really? I remember in the beginning of my relationship, I saw this quote, <laughs> and it, like – I was, like, wow. It was, like – um, it was so basic when I tell you, but it was, it was literally this quote that said – when you're in an argument with your partner maybe say to yourself like maybe they have something good to say so yes. many times you come
1: into the argument you're like here we go like yes. just finish
0: talking so that i can like yes right tell you yes you know? yeah right. yes and so when you actually like you said get into a relationship with someone that you have used your discernment to choose and and pick and vet and now you have chosen this person and they have been put in your life by God and it is this beautiful union now you have to surrender to that union and to the partner right and say okay Mm. maybe you have something good to say right Mm. and so Mm. I myself I totally agree in my relationship I can't even tell you how many times you know there's been this refinement on both ends right but for me from on from him towards me right him refining me and saying you know in this aspect, this is not okay, right? You're acting from these wounds here and this is right, what's happening right. and it's difficult to hear, right? And and even, you know, what you said when you were like, it feels like I should be able to be like, yeah, you have to do this. But when they tell me, it's like, yeah. and, and so I even, I had this, I just made a podcast about this the other day, like I think two days ago, um, and it drops this Saturday about, I made this caption, And the girls did not like it. The girls Uh, were triggered. uh, The girls were triggered.
1: Do you want to quote it? You want to quote the caption? (laughs) Yeah. So the caption,
0: (laughs) do you know which one I'm talking about?
1: No, I'm like racking my head
0: right now. The caption was the man who made me a woman. So oh, the girls were triggered. The girls were triggered, gosh. you know, and oh and so, <laughs> my gosh, and so uh, yeah. So that was bold of you. I know, I know. I was I like, I, I knew I was gonna get that, and um, and I, I, I did it. right. And so the girls are. I posted on on Instagram and on TikTok, right? That little like mm. new photo slide thing that they have. Um, so Mm. I did the photo slide. It was our one year anniversary the other day. So I made this little post right for our anniversary and the caption was the man who made me a woman. And it was from Mm. a poem I had wrote to him that was called Mm. the man who made me a woman. Right. And so for me, it was so interesting. I was using kind of all the, the girls in the comments, no, babe, you made yourself a woman. No, you know, and, and whatnot. And so for me, I, I wanted to speak on, um, In it's hard to just kind of touch on it in a TikTok video. So I made a longer video or a longer podcast about it because what I was essentially saying is exactly what you just said, which is Mm -hmm. when we understand, actually the issue is we don't understand that what we're currently doing as women is we're trying to make a boy who does not want to be a man, a man. Right, We're trying to initiate a man who's not wanting to. We're trying to change him. We're trying to control him. And that's societally accepted right? That's totally accepted, right? I want to be codependent with this man. I'm trying to push him somewhere he doesn't want to go, which is just you. You're not, you know, doing anything holy. You're just coming to a a relationship in a codependent way. I've been there many times Mm -hmm. in an abusive relationship, trying to change and control and manipulate a man into something he is not asking for, he does not want, but you want, right? Because you Mm -hmm. are coming from your own wounds. Now- Now imagine this, I know you already know this, but society, right, when a man comes to you And Mm -hmm. he is so ready to go deeper into his own masculinity and his Mm -hmm. own manhood. He's already done the work on his own, which was the case for my partner, right? He's already done the work on his own. He's super emotionally intelligent. He's an incredible man. But he knows that he needs that union to go deeper, Mm -hmm. right? And so I need a woman who can refine me and I want it. I I desire it. I'm ready for it. She gives me the feedback. I take it 10 steps further on my own, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that is the union that we – what as a society we should strive to be in but when it flips and i think women are comfortable with that when you talk about that it's not it's not super it's not really like we don't really have it as women but it's comfortable like oh yeah if a man wants to get initiated of course women can initiate men deeper right Mm -hmm. but on the flip now we women don't like that right a woman who is ready to be initiated deeper into her womanhood and her femininity by a man and saying, this man made me more of a woman. He brought me deeper into my femininity. He made me more of a woman. He initiated me deeper into my womanhood. And that's the truth. And and we don't like that right now, right? Because yeah. again, it, it pushes us past our surrender. It pushes us past a point where we don't want to surrender. And then mm. second- it pushes us past what you were talking about, which was this baseline of safety, Mm. right? We have to even go in these depths of conversation. We have to have this baseline of safety as women. And right now in our society, we don't. Like you said, like I'm kind of just making these TikToks just as a baseline. Like I can't go into these other depths until we've accomplished this one first, right? And so it's hard to have these conversations because back up. We need women to just be able to vet a man to get into a good relationship. Right. And then,
1: yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. What you said is so like, Oh, I mean, it's. (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and say like what you said, we're not even going to touch it because we could spend hours unpacking that. Mm -hmm. But I just hope that like, this is an episode that people will revisit because (laughs) what you have, what you just said is like, so important yeah. and so deep that like it's it's a it's a symbiotic yes relationship yeah right it's an exchange mm-hmm. and if you trust in like that in like in life right mm-hmm. whether or not that be religious if you trust that there's order to things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you will trust that like his journey has prepared things in him that yes. you are weakened in. Yeah. And he's strong in. Likewise, yeah. your journey has prepared things in you that you are strong in. Yes. And he's weak in. Exactly. And your, ins- your assignment in life together mm-hmm. is to better one another, right? Yes. In yes. such a way that once you bring life into this world, if that's something that you decide to do, now your children get to benefit mm-hmm. from two people, right? Mm-hmm. Who have come to a relationship whole, because I always say, you know, there's no such thing as my better half. It's one plus one equals one. That's Mm -hmm. the mystery of a union, right? That's the, that's like the beauty and the mystical and the metaphysical and spiritual, um, aspect of a union is that two whole people equal one person. Yes, And then through that exchange, you now get to bring people into this world who have the benefit of two people functioning at their highest level
0: yes Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but that's
1: not happening
0: yeah Mm -hmm. most of the time (laughs) yeah
1: because it's almost like it's stigmatized to say as a woman you know this is what I learned from my man this is what my man like taught me this is Mm -hmm. what you know I taught my man right mm-hmm. but like it's a two-way street yeah um and I think once you get to a point where like you said you are you've vetted this person mm-hmm. you know I like every time my boyfriend talks to me right like I'm kind of like patting myself on the back like oh wow <laughs> great choice like excellent decision you know like yes excellent decision there's no I mean something as simple like I remember I had one post um go really viral on Instagram and I was getting a lot of negative um feedback from Dusty's of course
0: yeah and
1: It was really aggravating for me because I hadn't said anything wrong. I hadn't attacked anyone or anything. And so it kind of put me on edge to where I was kind of like, you know, in future posts kind of writing captions that were like insulting and like, you know, kind of like trying to shade the people who Mm -hmm. were, you know, trying to drag me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I remember I got on the phone with him and he was like, I just saw your caption. You're better than that. Mm hmm. I -hmm. I think, you know, I think it's something that you should change. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think because like you have to think about, you know, you don't know who's following you and Mm -hmm. you don't want to say something directed at one person that another person is going to feel hurt by from a place of like, wow, I look up to her. I love her content. I love her videos. But look at what she's just said. And it applies to me. And Mm -hmm. now you hurt someone who you never intended to her right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think you know there's when a, a, there's, a vers- <laughs> <laughs> there's a version of myself that's like um this is my social media page yeah. so first of all first of all like you Don't know i've been remember. running this i've been running this before i met you
0: Literally, right there's yes. a part
1: of you that that would have said that totally that wants to go into that space mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. but it's like no like because when i you know there's a there's going to be a time where i say you know Babe, like, come on, like, we're better than this. Yeah, totally. And there needs to be that exchange. And Mm -hmm. I find that he's a lot better at sort of dealing with the opinions of others in the public eye. He's a Mm -hmm. lot better than me.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And so it's just like, like I said, it's like his life journey has prepared him Mm -hmm. for something that I need.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. That I didn't
1: know I would need, you know, years ago, but that I need Mm -hmm. and he's strong in that area. Likewise, my life has prepared me in ways that like he tends to be a little bit weaker.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And my partner says this to me literally all the time. We talk about, you know, all these areas, like you said, that he is weakened, that I'm strong in, that I'm weakened and that he's strong in. And in that way, we are able to complement one another and bring out Mm. the best in one another and refine the other. But Mm. what women need to understand is that goes both ways. Like you said, like he's going to be refining you. The issue is the issue is that most women don't get into these good relationships. And so then Mm. it strengthens their attachment to the idea that no man should be able to tell you anything or that no man will ever be really what it is, is no man will ever be healthy or safe or strong enough mm. and uh you know emotionally intelligent enough to actually bring any value to your life and mm. a lot of women have an attachment to that idea and the issue is that when they Continue to engage in these relationships from their own wounds, they continue to strengthen this idea, right? Because that's all Mm -hmm. they're seeing. Mm -hmm. And so then when women are not in that space, like you and I, and we're talking about this, it might just feel foreign, right? It's like totally foreign, right? Because you're like, what I. You know, my man is a piece of shit. Like, right, right. <laughs> like he tries right. to tell me something, I like spit in his face. You know, right, like, right, Exactly. You like, no, exactly. Have... And so even like the other day I was talking about on on TikTok, I was I just um uh what did I do? I stitched it. I forgot the word. I stitched uh, my my boyfriend's video because my boyfriend, uh, he has like uh, he has more of an Instagram following, but he's a men's coach, and so mm. he does all of this work with men and and whatnot. And so I stitched one of his videos because he's I'm trying to get him into TikTok, and um <laughs> and so I just said, you know, it's so important to respect the man that you are with. Like I am mm. proud of and I respect my man's opinions, mm. his mm. who he is. And so what you said was it resonated so much. And it was I loved hearing you say it when you were like, you know, um when he's speaking, I'm just like, I picked a good one. And so that feeling is so important. And it's foreign to most women. Most women when they're engaging with their men, they're like, oh my God, I fucking picked a terrible one. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And so it's and, hard. Yeah. You know, and then the the magic happens once you're able to see, as I did, right? I was in that same space years ago, around five years ago. And, um, and I was in these relationships where I picked a bad one and I didn't understand that I was picking a bad one. I didn't understand that I had agency in the vetting. I didn't understand that I was Unconsciously choosing from my unconscious wounds. I didn't understand these dynamics that were at play. And once Mm. I did, and once I really committed to the inner work, you know, like I said, everything changed. And so then you can get in these beautiful relationships where you deeply respect the man and you can enter into these depths of intimacy, like we're talking about, that Mm. are really beautiful and sacred and divine. Mm. And really like, you know, like we said, but the first thing has to be your trust with yourself and the journey with yourself, which goes back to another point, not to just continue going on, but it goes back to another point you were talking about, which was your surrender to that, that journey. Right. Mm. And I was the same way. And I think it's so important uh, to just touch upon what you said, which was surrendering to that journey of in your intentional singleness as you called mm. it so that celibacy mm. for me which was intentional singleness and mm. i surrendered to it i didn't have an end date in mind like you said it was mm. when i'm ready and when god puts my man in my life then mm. i'm ready then i'm done but mm. until then I'm just doing me and I'm surrendered Mm. to where I'm at. I'm so Mm. content with where I'm at. I could be here for the next 20 years and I could Mm. be okay. I'm happy. I'm surrendered. If this is God's plan for me, that's okay, right? Mm. I'm happy. And so filling your own cup and surrendering to your own journey without Trying to control again, right? I need to go celibate for six months so that I can get yeah. in this great relationship, like the girls are talking mm. about online. Now mm. you've already taken a step back because you're doing something to get a man. We don't want to be in that space, right? Exactly. If you're exactly. Trying to do something to get a man—it's—it's it's not going to work. What you want to do exactly. is build yourself up as a woman. You know, mm. build yourself up emotionally, financially. Just as a woman, build yourself up, feel fulfilled in your life, feel fulfilled in your solitude, feel fulfilled in your sovereignty, feel happy when you are on your own, in your own home, you know, in your own apartment, going to bed at nine o'clock. That yeah. was like the best. Like It was yes. great. Like Being by myself, going to bed early, working my mm-hmm. job, coming back, making a little meal. And I was content and I was happy and I was doing the inner work. And so yeah. another thing that I say to a lot of women is do as much as you can on your own. And I think mm. a lot of women aren't honest with themselves, right? They are not honest that they have done everything they could possibly do on their own, right? I have fulfilled my I have filled my own cup. I feel fulfilled <laughs> in myself. I have worked on myself. I've done the inner work. I've I've done all these things, right? And once you have done that, mm. God, the universe, whatever whatever you want to call it, for me, God will give you your next step because you are yes. ready, right? Yep. So yep. You really intentionally commit to yourself, again, without this next step in mind. But the point is that… You're not just going to, uh, sometimes girls say, you know, well, I've been celibate for six months. Where is my man? Mm. Wh- what do you mean? Mm. You didn't even do anything. You've just been sitting in your house miserable. <laughs> 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 you know, just because you're not actually yeah. doing the act of sex doesn't mean yeah. that you're actually getting the benefits of celibacy. Exactly. You know? so, exactly. Um,
1: exactly.
0: And I think man. that's
1: such like a key and important point. Um, and I think it what you touched on um, was, reminded me of on this journey of, um, celibacy. I remember I was having a conversation in prayer a back and forth with God. And I felt like I was receiving as I yes. was talking mm-hmm. and I was just kind of like, God, where is he?
0: Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: like where yeah. is he? Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was a question that I had been asking over and over, over a period of time. It was like, where is he? Yeah, <clears throat> and what I received back is, what's what's your purpose in life?
0: Mm.
1: And I remember being like, I think, we're, not... <laughs> I think we're on? I don't think I don't think we're connecting. I asked you, where is my man? <laughs> like, I don't think you heard. You... <laughs> yeah, I don't think you heard me. I'm asking you, where is my man? Okay, like oh oh, that's gosh. not why are you changing the topic? <laughs> And this continued mm-hmm. where he was like, what's your purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, fine. I was like, I'm a lawyer. Now mm-hmm. where is he? Yeah. <laughs> and what I got back is he was like, that's your career. Mm. What is your purpose? in Yeah. Life? And that sent me down a journey that I mean, there's no way that I end up here practicing big law and making content for women. hmm if I did not go on that journey.
0: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: There's no way. Mm-hmm. Because then you understand that like. There is a difference between your job. And your purpose in life. Totally. Right? Your purpose is like. What are you put on earth to do? What is the unique problem on this earth that your life is meant to be a solution for?
0: Totally. Yeah.
1: And I strongly believe that that is something you need to understand before you can get into a partnership that's going to be healthy Mm -hmm. and long lasting. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like you don't look for a man. What you do is you live your life in the most authentic way possible, walking Mm -hmm. in purpose And every once in a while, you look around, right? Mm -hmm. And you look around for someone who's going in the same direction as you are. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is like the best way. Totally. To end up in a relationship. Totally. So then ultimately, I ended up with someone who, I mean, fits my purpose like you wouldn't believe. Exactly. But if you looked at my career, makes absolutely no sense at all whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And so if I hadn't come into that place of understanding... Mm -hmm. I would have picked someone based on my career. Yeah. And then 10 years, let's even say three years down the line, find out we should not be together. Totally. Because we're not a fit for the calling that I have in my life. Totally. Which is more than just being an attorney, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure you had like a journey like that
0: yourself. I did, yeah. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and that's so beautiful. I'm I love I love everything that you just said especially about having a partner that complements your purpose and also the aspect of the best way to really get um, a partner or to come into union, right, is when you're walking in your most embodied, purposeful yes. self and someone yes. else who's also walking in a similar path and you guys are going in the same direction. You guys yeah. are like, oh, let's walk together. We're let's both going together. there, right? Yes. And so yes. that is pretty much also identical to my story as well mm-hmm. and so i just love everything you said and and even with my partner i feel shocked sometimes at how well he complements my purpose right i feel mm-hmm. like he's the male version of me My Mm. purpose is doing this for women. He's on the flip side doing it exactly for men. Mm. They are saying the same things, but he's saying it for men. I'm saying it for women. And like together, the power that we've like come into together, it's like we've amplified like a million times, you know, and it's just it's so beautiful. So I totally agree. And I think that it's super important for women as well to understand the purpose aspect of it, which is that. Your purpose is one of the most holy and important aspects of your life. Mm, And mm. your purpose doesn't need to look the same as our purposes, right? Your purpose can be um, whatever the hell it is. Your purpose is your own. But knowing Mm. it and claiming it is very important. And I think that Mm. a lot of women are afraid to claim things as well. They're afraid to claim their heart's desires. They're afraid to claim what's really true and authentic to them. And claiming Mm. your purpose and saying, you know, this is why I was put on this earth. Even if it's, you know, I was put on this earth, you know, I really feel I was put on this earth to be a mother and to nurture, you know, my children. And that's what I really feel my purpose is. So therefore I want to be clear on that. And I want to learn how to vet a man and I want to learn how to do all this and that. And then maybe I can do something with, you know, motherhood and and whatever the hell it is. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's being clear on it and then flooring that, that lane right and mm. then from that space finding a man that is or allowing a man to find you who compliments Ooh, you
1: yes. <laughs> that part right there literally that right? part right there yep, yeah
0: yep, like yep. and I think side note another aspect just off of the the you know allowing a man to find you is that Women need to come back into that energy of being yes. the chooser, of allowing a man to find you, right? Mm-hmm. My man is looking for me. And I remember similarly praying at the around the end of my celibacy journey, and I knew it was the end. I, I knew I had gone as far as I could. Mm-hmm. I was I was comfortable if I if if that was what my plan was to be celibate for the next 10 years. I was okay with that, but I intuitively knew it's done. My man is close. Where is he? Right. And I was Mm -hmm. praying similarly. Mm -hmm. Where is he? I know he's, Mm -hmm. where is he? Like, I don't understand, but I need him now. Like I need him. I've come to the point where I now need him. I'm ready for him. I've done as far as I can. The next step requires him. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and I remember on a, on a different note, I had gotten kind of this, this message where after not in the prayer but afterwards that probably the next day i realized i need to radically commit and protect my man before he's even here
1: oh wow
0: yeah